Hello, my name is Dax Stokes, and welcome to the first episode of the Vampire Historian Podcast. This new podcast will serve as an extension of my blog, found at thevampirehistorian.com, and will start out being published about every three weeks. Topics will be drawn from historical vampire stories, religion, folklore, and legend, literature, and occasionally even popular media and culture. Episodes will range between 15 to 30 minutes in length, and will be accompanied by more information on the website, and always by a list of sources and further reading. I'd like to start off by acknowledging uh, the king of all things online vampires, the vampirologist Anthony Hogg, for his continued support and help getting things started, and for coming up with great names for blogs. Uh, the Vampire Historian site is the progression for my first blog, Killing the Dead. Um, I would also like to go ahead and acknowledge Professor Elizabeth Miller, whose works uh, form the basis of much of this episode. Before I get started with today's topic, um, I feel I should talk a little bit about myself. First off, I live in Texas, where I serve as an academic reference librarian and a music professor at a community college. About five years ago, I was trying to come up with a topic for a public lecture for one of our honors programs, and since the date uh, that I was given was in October, I thought, how about vampires? The Twilight movies were big at that time, and I had recently received a few vampire books as gifts from family members. Uh, that knew that I'd always been a little obsessed with the topic since The Lost Boys was released in 1987. So I prepared what is now the, my basic vampire lecture, which is called From Vlad the Impaler to Edward Cullen, Origins of the 21st Century Vampire Myth, Literature, Television, and Film. Uh, and that's a lecture that I've presented about six times now since 2010. Since then I've amassed a much larger library of vampire books, uh, made several connections in the field, and presented several other lectures on various vampire-related topics. Uh, and those include Eastern European burial practices, Victorian vampire literature, Frankenstein and Dracula in their historical context, uh, Dracula in film, Stoker's influences when writing Dracula, and uh, most recently um, a lecture titled The Real Dracula, Separating Vlad the Impaler from the Fictional Account. Um, I've also wrote an article on the many actors that have played Dracula for the vampire edition of Indie Judge, which was published in October 2013. Um, but it's the last lecture topic, though, uh, that we'll be discussing today. Uh, when I was first preparing the last lecture on Vlad the Impaler this fall, um, I went to iTunes to listen to any podcasts that I could find about Vlad the Third, uh, or Vlad Tepish, or Vlad the Impaler, or Vlad Dracula, um, and I proceeded to listen to them all, um, almost all of them by non-vampire scholars. Uh, I found that they all had one thing in common, and that's the belief that Stoker's Count Dracula was based on the real-life Vlad Tepish. Um, now, I'll admit that when I first started out as a, quote, vampire scholar, uh, or vampirologist, I thought the same thing. Um, once you spend any time looking into modern research on the topic, it becomes fairly clear that this just isn't the case. So, how did this idea become so ingrained in our culture? Well, there are several influences at work uh, that we're going to talk about. Uh, the most obvious link is the name. Uh, there was a historical person uh, that went by the name Dracula. Uh, his real name is Vladislav III, uh, the Prince of Wallachia, who lived from 1435 to 1476. Um, a national hero to Romanians, a bloodthirsty tyrant to many modern day-thinkers, um, Vlad was described in a 16th-century Russian pamphlet as a cruel but just ruler. Um, his nickname, Tepish, which means the Impaler, uh, was very well-deserved, as we know that impalement was his preferred method of execution, uh, though not the only one that he used. Um, it has also been speculated that he was responsible for anywhere between 40,000 and 100,000 deaths during his short reign. 
there are many other stories about his cruelty, uh, which you can learn about from many of the other podcasts I listen to, and even more legends about his sadistic practices, including one uh, story about how he liked to dip his bread in the blood of his victims before uh, eating it, um, thus tying him in with vampires. Uh, so, of course, it's obvious that this must be the man that Stoker based his uh, immortal character on. Uh, well, not entirely. It is true uh, that in the novel Dracula, both the Count uh, and Van Helsing discuss briefly the history of the Dracula family and their warring with the Turks, uh, but that's about it. Never does anyone mention the impaling or the legends or stories. Uh, Van Helsing does eventually call Dracula the evil one and mentions witchcraft in the word uh, vampire or vampire. Uh, but where does this connection come from? Uh, when discussing what I call the connection uh, between Vlad and Dracula, uh, Count Dracula, uh, two names are important to remember, and that's Raymond McNally and Radu Florescu. Uh, in the 1960s and 70s, they were history professors at Boston College, and together they published a very important book uh, called In Search of Dracula. Uh, now, they were not the very first or last to connect Vlad the Impaler with Count Dracula, but their 1972 book and later works uh, became widely known uh, and made the case for the connection. Since then has become the common idea, uh, especially in films such as Dan Curtis's Dracula with Jack Palance in the 70s, uh, a documentary from the 70s in search of Dracula uh, based on the book uh, starring Christopher Lee, um, or Francis Ford Coppola's uh, 1991 so-called Bram Stoker's Dracula, and of course um, 2014's Dracula Untold. Um, so what's the problem with this connection? Um, well, when McNally and Florescu and other authors before them wrote about Stoker's influences, it was mostly based on speculation, and um, that's because Stoker's notes uh, had been auctioned off after his death in 1913, um, or they were auctioned in 1913, uh, by the, um, and by the 1940s their whereabouts were basically unknown. Um, then in 1970, the notes appeared at the Rosenbach Museum and Library in Philadelphia. And it's here that McNally and Florescu happened upon uh, Stoker's very extensive notes. Um, and they are very extensive. Stoker kept very good notes on the development of the story, and many notes about his sources as well. Uh, so many notes that any connection between Vlad and the Count, if Stoker meant for it to exist, would be there somewhere. Uh, so here's what we know from uh, Stoker's notes. And uh, as I mentioned in the acknowledgments earlier, uh, a lot of the work on the notes uh, is going to be based heavily on the work of Elizabeth Miller. Um, so number one, we know from the notes that Count Dracula was originally uh, called Count Lampier. Um And the first uh, work on the story began actually about two years before Stoker would have ever seen the name Dracula in print. Um, number two, we know that Stoker found several sources that he used for the book, um, but only one of them mentions anything at all about Vlad III or the name Dracula. Uh, that book is William Wilkinson's 1820 work, An Account of the Principalities of Wallachia and Moldavia, with various political observations relating to them. Uh, in that book, there are two paragraphs about the uh, voivode Dracula who fought the Turks. Uh, the information is basically the same as what appears in the novel. Um, no mention of the name Vlad or impaling of any kind. Um, but there is one very important footnote, and Stoker types this footnote out in his notes, uh, and it reads thus. Dracula in Wallachian language means devil. Wallachians were accustomed to give it as a surname to any person who rendered himself conspicuous by courage, cruel actions, or cunning. And that's all we have. Uh, the only mention of Dracula in any of Stoker's known sources. 
Stoker had many other sources about Transylvanian superstitions, um, but they don't mention Dracula. Now there is another claim, uh, though, to prove that Stoker knew about Vlad, and that is that he met at least twice, we know, with a Hungarian professor named Arminius Van Berry, and that Van Berry must have told him all about Vlad the Impaler. Uh, but as Elizabeth Miller points out, there is absolutely no evidence to suggest that this is true, um, since there's no record of their correspondence and uh, no record of what happened at their meetings, uh, and nothing else about Vlad appears in the novel or in Stoker's notes. Um, of course, Van Berry is uh, obviously the basis for Van Helsing's friend, Arminius, uh, the professor from Budapest, who does give Van Helsing information about Dracula. But again, there's no proof that this happened in real life uh, between Van Berry or Stoker. Um, and if it did, why did it not make it into the novel, or at least into the notes? Uh, so what can we be certain of? And that would be that Stoker liked the name Dracula, and especially the fact that it means devil. Um, and then also that the only historical information in the novel to tie the Count of Vlad was found from Wilkinson's book. Uh, we also know that McNally and Florescu had not seen the notes when they first published their book in 1972, um, but that they had seen them by the time they published other works, uh, and of course by the 1994 revision of the original book, uh, yet their premises mostly remained the same. Another contentious fact uh, in the separation of Vlad and the Count can be found in Van Helsing's statement, that Dracula was called a vampire or a vampire. Um, this has been uh, discussed in uh, the book The Darkling, a treatise on Slavic vampire, vampirism by the uh, scholar J.L. Prakowski, who points out that the term did not even appear in writing, uh, the term vampire, that is, until the 18th century. So any mention of it by um, any contemporaries of Dracula would not have really uh, made much sense. Um, Prakowski also makes an intriguing comparison uh, in this book of the story of Dracula to that of St. Nicholas, um, which I think might be discussed in a future episode of its own. Um, for now, we're left with a few facts still. Um, that's that Stoker kept detailed notes, and the only information in those notes about Dracula and the historical figure appear in the novel. And it's difficult to fault um, scholars that wrote before 1970 as they did not have access to the notes. But um, for the claim to still be going strong, Today, the Count Dracula is largely based on Vlad III, almost 45 years after the notes were found, is uh, almost inexcusable. Uh, there is also one newer claim, uh, and that is that knowledge of the Dracula bloodline was very common in 19th century England due to the fact that the royal family is distantly related to one of Vlad III's brothers. Um, and this is being dealt with in a soon-to-be-released book, uh, so for now we'll just leave it at that. Um, from information that's already available, though, it seems that this is another speculation. Um, by the way, you can purchase a nice facsimile edition of Stoker's Notes, including annotations and transcriptions, published by McFarland in 2008. Um, and I would also like to lead you to two other works uh, by Elizabeth Miller, who worked on the, the facsimile of the notes as well. Um, her book, Dracula, Sense and Nonsense, um, which tackles quite a bit of uh, this information and many other things about Dracula. Um, and then also Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, a documentary journey into vampire country and the Dracula phenomenon, um, which is a great anthology uh, about everything having to do with the book. Um, information on these books and other books uh, that were consulted for this episode uh, can be found at thevampirehistorian.com. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at vamphistorian or find The Vampire Historian on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, 
you can send an email to thevampirehistorian at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, be sure to check back in about three weeks for another episode.